All season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. All right, sometimes the medicine doesn't taste very good when it's, you know, the opponent giving it to you. Brewers get shut out tonight. Only the third time they've been shut out in the second half. And they all have kind of a common thread. Is that the pitching pitch great? You know, the other two shutouts were one nothing losses, one in Los Angeles, one in Chicago, and now tonight they lose two to nothing here at home to the Marlins. But the good news is the Rockies helped out the Brewers by beating the Cubs today. They won that series out at Coors, and uh, there's no change in the standings. I'm Dominic Catronio. Craig Kishad's going to join us in just a little bit. So let's start with the standings, shall we? Brewers remain with 81 wins in first place, 81 and 64, five games up in the loss column on the Cubs. They are 78 and 69. Uh, the tomorrow the Cubs are off, so things uh, are going to get closer to leveled out here pretty soon. Down the stretch, we're going to talk about records here in this first segment while we wait for Craig to join us. But the the Brewers kind of have an opportunity here to to make sure those final three games are kind of out of hand, and that they don't matter. I mean, they obviously matter, but you know what I mean. We're saying that they can clinch it. We're going to map that out here in just a little bit. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. This is going to be an abbreviated show tonight because, quite frankly, nothing happened. I mean, it was a 2 nothing game. We've seen this song and dance before. We're going until 1030 tonight. So in the meantime, I want to get straight to the phone lines. Again, 855-616-1620. Brian out in Tosa, you're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Dom. Um, you're getting sick and tired of me calling uh, about the broken <laughs> record with uh, the uh, Cripps tonight being our left-handed pitching. But I know I was at Monday night's game. He lit him up for 12, but that pitcher was off from pitch one. He just didn't have control, and we took advantage of it. But you figure we lit up the Yankees for two games, then we couldn't do anything against Cole. Then we have the big thing, and then three and zero. So in three games, we scored six runs, and – and those are luckily we got one win, but we have to be a little. We got to find a happy medium, and we got to beat left-handed pitching because they threw all left-handers at us tonight, pretty much from the bullpen too. And we had chances, but uh, what three double plays, and we struck out what eleven times or something like that, and what three walks? I think maybe we drew or something. So we have to find a way because the Braves and the Dodgers, if we meet them in the playoffs, they're going to throw as many left-handers that we can, and their offense is better than ours. So. We're going to be one and done again, like in 2021. Well, if they get to the Dodgers or the Braves, they would have already won a three-game series uh, against right. well, a, I mean, a wild-card opponent. I, that, I agree. With, but, I mean, when, if we play them to get to the National League Championship, I, I don't see us beating them. You know. Is that a five-game series? And then it's That would be a five-game. The DS would be a five. The wild-card would be a three. And then the CSS tradition is seven. But to your point, Brian, about the lefties, I mean, I, I know what – I get what you're trying to say about Monday, that Lazardo was off. But, look, Lazardo's last three starts have been phenomenal going into that. And they beat him up a little bit. They got two runs off of Ranger Suarez the last time they saw a, a lefty here at home. And, obviously – uh, that didn't work out with Wade Miley giving up the back-to-back homers against the Phillies. They haven't really faced a lot of lefties, and Justin Steele could win the NL Cy Young, so I'm not going to overreact to those three starts. And I'm also, I mean, I'm looking at this team, I- I'm looking at uh, the the last few runs here against lefties. Andrew Haney against the Rangers, they they crushed him. 
Clayton Kershaw is still a great pitcher. He handled the Brewers when they last saw him. But they haven't seen a lot of lefties here, and I agree with you. It's been a crimp tonight all season long. But what I see tonight, the Brewers were playing with a short bench for one. And, you know, no Mark Canna certainly impacts things. And uh, Joey Weimer's really had a tough go of it as of late. He's in there to hit lefties, and he's not hitting anything right now. So the Brewers would have loved to have put their best foot forward out tonight as well. Appreciate the call there, Brian. Yep. We're going to get to uh, Craig Kashan here in just a little bit. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Let me close this first segment with some numbers. So the Brewers 81 and 64, the Cubs 78 and 69. If the Brewers win each of their final series leading up to that Cubs series, so we're excluding the final series of the year, leading up to that series, they'll go 10 and 4, which would put them at 91 and 68. I mean, the Cubs, they would have to be 12 and 0 just to keep pace. They'll still be a game back heading into that last week. And now, winning every series is a tall task. That's including winning tomorrow and winning a four-game set in St. Louis, a team that's playing a lot better as of late. So let's say the Brewers split their two four-game series. So that includes losing tomorrow and splitting next week in St. Louis, but winning their other three-game series. That means they go 8-6. and six. And leading into that Cubs series, they'll be 89-70. and 70. The Cubs have 12 games remaining leading into that series. They would have to go at least 8-4, and four to make that final series worth something. Now, if they go 9-3 and three or better, then the winner of the series could take it all, and it gets a little complicated from there. But the Brewers are still in a very good place, winning series, having more games remaining than the Cubs, meaning, like tomorrow, the Cubs are going to be idle. There's nothing they can do. By the time they're back on the field on Friday, the Brewers could be up by four and a half games uh, as the Cubs get ready to take on the Diamondbacks. Going to take our first break of the night here real quick. Stay with us. This is WTM. All right, Craig Kishan is with us here on WTMJ. I'm Dominic Catronio. Uh, Craig, I, I, I find, uh, I find it hard to find the words to describe that one because it's like, yeah, you can freak out about the Brewers getting shut out against the Marlins, but as I comb through the spot, I mean, the Brewers had a leadoff man on so much tonight, and. As I've explained before, they didn't get the hit, right? They went 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. And they had one extra base hit, the double by uh, Monasterio, that could have been a triple if it didn't get over the wall. Uh, Everybody but Caratini and Weimer reached base. It's just the hit. And it's boring, and it's not analytical, and it's not, you know, satisfying. But that's true. They just didn't get the hit. They, they did not, no, and you're right about the leadoff batter. Six of nine reached, but uh, six of those, I should say half of those six, got eliminated on the three double plays that the Marlins turned here tonight. I mean, they lead the league in uh, turning double plays, and the Brewers are now third in hitting into double plays. So that just turned out to be a bad for- formula here tonight. It was uh, It was good pitching by their starter, Braxton Garrett. I mean, this team is now 19 and nine in his start. So there's, there's kind of a statement right there that um, he turned out to be a good stopper for them in this series. And, and will hopefully uh, put the Brewers in, in a place tomorrow with, with him gone through now that uh, they can grab this series. But uh, I know you'll talk about all that in just a bit, but uh, you know, Dom, the, the pattern sometimes of the offense, we've seen it, you know, 12 runs Monday, three last night, none tonight. Obviously, you hope 
they'll kick it back in gear. You know, tomorrow afternoon, they've got a lot of games to play. Um, I, I think Canna and Yelich being out tonight certainly didn't help your bench in a close game. Maybe the matchups uh, that maybe Craig Council wanted to go to. I'm not sure on a healthy night, Joey Weimer gets four at-bats, um, but it turned out to be that way here tonight. And I also, you know, Yelich probably wouldn't have gotten a pinch. He probably would have started the game if he was healthy as a DH. And then there's the the opportunity there for Yelly with all these lefties in the bullpen. This is also, quite frankly, a series. And Brian, our caller, just a moment ago, he makes a good point. I mean, the lefties have been the kryptonite all season long, and that's not breaking news. But uh, with the thought that Weimer has really subsided against lefties and Garrett Mitchell might be playing games here pretty soon. Garrett Mitchell could be up by the end of the year. And look... Garrett Mitchell's left-handed. He's not going to be playing against lefties. So if if the Marlins end up being the opponent in a wild-card series, the Brewers are going to have to figure out something fast because uh, I, I'm not going to panic about one game, but you know they didn't have Canna. Donaldson had a quiet night. He's human. You know He had his first quiet night as a Brewer. But you know I don't think Bonacero is going to be leading off in a wild-card series. But the Brewers are just kind of waiting on personnel to arrive right now. Yeah, and and the good news is they can do that when you have a four-game lead. Uh, Certainly, you're not resting uh, anything as far as your thought process going in. But, I mean, it it is the bottom line now. What are there, 17 games left? And and you have a four-game lead. I heard you kind of going through, you know, scenarios through the end of the season, you know, when they meet up with the Cubs. But, um, that is the good news here right now, and you have to take these silver linings as they come along. They've done, they've done really well the last uh, several games without Christian Yelich, and you know we'll see if he's going to be back in there tomorrow or not. And and Can has got to be right. You can't go up to to bat with a with a bad wrist, and and hopefully that's going to heal up on him. You know, real quick here. The good news is he's he's dealt with it before. So and it's go time now. I mean. You hear it all the time. Guys are banged up and whatnot. Uh, but, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, you're a division leader here right now, and, and you know they're going to do whatever it's going to take to get the job done. And I also want to tip my cap to Tanner Scott tonight. Or, uh, not Tanner Scott. Well, he was nasty at the very end. But Braxton Garrett, he had something deceptive going on today with that sinker. I mean, you don't see that many looking strikeouts against fastballs in the big leagues. And there were strikes. I, I mean, I thought the, the zone was very good tonight from Alex McKay. And you know, this team that's so good at patient and attacking the right pitch to go down looking that much – they couldn't pick it up tonight, and there's something funky about Braxton Garrett. He mixed things up well, and I've said it a million times on this show. I'll say it again. The Brewers Brewers fans are educated. They know what good pitching looks like. Tonight was good pitching and an effective game plan against the Brewers. They dominated the inside corner. The Brewers didn't make the adjustment, but he continued to hammer that corner for strikes, and you know the Brewers went back looking with uh, nothing to show for it. I think also you know timing of when you, when you face – a certain pitcher too plays into it. And the Brewers have been drawing an awful lot of walks here over the course of the last week, inside a week. I mean, it's really boosted their offense. It's really worn down pitchers. And and Garrett doesn't walk many guys. He walked two tonight. Uh, That seems like a lot. And so that's where, you know, another reason you get caught looking at some of these, uh, some of these pitches right on the edge. And you're right. The strike zone was, was fine by me tonight. Uh, Garrett pitched really well. 
he he pitched very very well, and so did the the Brewers staff. And we'll talk about them coming up next. Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you in part by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. 855-616-1620 on an abbreviated Brewers Extra Innings because they lost 2 nothing. And quite frankly, there's not a lot to overreact to. And we'll have Brewers Weekly tomorrow night as well. So stay with us on WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Tom Catronio with Craig Kishon. The Brewers did something a little different tonight. They fall to nothing, but the pitching, they went with the opener. And Trevor McGill, he's been really, really, really effective as of late. And then they handed it to Colin Ray. I thought Colin pitched very, very well. I mean, shoot, the Brewers pitching staff gave up two runs in nine innings. That's going to win a game more often than not, Craig. But I, I, I look at this once again. You look at the ERA for Colin Ray. I understand maybe somebody who hasn't followed this team day to day say four eight nine ERA. Come on, Dom. What are you talking about? He went four and two thirds after an opener. He's done everything this team has asked him to do, and he once again gave the Brewers a chance to win. Yeah, he did for sure. And I I think the one thing that didn't happen for him tonight that's been happening most of the season a high ERA, but the Brewers usually score runs for him. I mean, he's he's been lifted in the fifth inning in a lot of games uh, where the Brewers have been either in the lead or, or, you know, the game has been tight, but the Brewers have scored runs for him. Uh, there are just certain pitchers that, that uh, you know, collect that and are fortunate enough for that, and he's certainly been one of them. Uh, but he did everything that he was supposed to do tonight. He knew the game plan last night before everybody left to, you know, uh, get ready for tonight's game. He knew he was coming in in the second inning. And the other thing about Colin Ray, we've talked about it a million times, you know, nothing's going to break his disposition, his mindset, uh, or anything along that line. And and he's, he's ready to do anything that this team, you know, has asked of him. He's been up and down uh, from the minors. He filled in for a really good long stretch uh, with Woody being out. Um, so, you know, he did his job, bottom line, and it and it is too bad. You don't want to lose these two nothing games, but you know, they you're fortunate to win last night when it's three to one. They they just don't uh, win a lot of games, obviously three runs or less. So, you know, this one balanced out a little bit. Let's go get him tomorrow night. What do you feel about Andrew Chafin? It, it felt like another opportunity for Craig Counts to try to get him back on the horse. I, I said this in the postgame show over the weekend with the Yankees. I mean, Chafin is not going to pitch in a true leverage situation. You may be asking, Dom, it was a one nothing game. That's leverage, right? Well, when you're already trailing, it's not technically as high of a leverage as you think it is. And yes, he got out of the uh, sixth inning for Ray, but then left with a double against the last guy he had to face, and that guy ends up scoring after Bryce Wilson allows the inherited runner to score. Uh, in my opinion, you know, it, it's been a struggle for Chafin. I feel for him. And quite frankly, as I said on Sunday, somebody's got to pitch the games when you're trailing, and that might be Chafin's role moving forward. Yeah, I, I think so. It is interesting. You know, you, you want everybody to succeed, and you, you want these guys who have succeeded before and maybe need a boost by coming to a new team that, that Chafin did, obviously, coming to Milwaukee. Uh, so, you know, it's in there, um, but, you know, he's not a he's not a long inning reliever either. So, 
he's, you know, he's under a little bit more pressure, you know, being on a, on a winning team here right now that went out to, to get him to help out in these situations where game is tight one way or the other. And, um, you know, it, it is, it, to me, it's a little different type of pressure. This guy has closed games before. Um, I, I'm a little bit concerned, you know, just from the standpoint in these final 17, you can't lose too many more of these 2 nothing, you know, 3-1 three, three to one games, whatever the case may be, where you're not scoring a lot. That, that's the only problem uh, here right now. But, it, but again, you, you flip that pressure over from, you know, a night where the offense just isn't clicking at all, and then the pitchers are like, hey, I only gave up two, you know, uh, what more can we do in this situation? But this club is, has never said that. Um, they've never acted that way. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens with him moving forward. Yeah, it'll be something to monitor for these final three weeks. Uh, real quick, I mean, it was a 2 nothing game, but do you have a difference-making moment from this one? You know, Dom, I, I really don't. Uh, not <laughs> Not anything to me that uh, – really the only thing that stands out to me, to be quite honest with you, is you don't see the – I know the Brewers hit into a lot of double plays, uh, but three in one night is a lot. And and it just – when there was a little bit of wind into the into the sail, you know, boom. Like I mentioned, it, you, you get six uh, leadoff batters on in nine innings and – and half of those are just erased, you know, with one swing of the bat on a double play. So, uh, to me, if you're looking at anything, it would be those three double plays. Yeah, especially for me, the one in the eighth inning with Willie Adamas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was behind in the count one and two, but, I mean, to have nobody out first and second, great opportunity to, you know, the, the rally is over that quickly. So, that was certainly the difference-making moment. Craig, I, I could try to sit here and – Create something with you, but quite frankly, man, it was a 2 nothing game. There's going to be a lot more exciting games down the stretch. Let's send you home, and uh, we'll catch up with you here soon, my friend. We'll, we'll make the winning uh, shows a little longer. How about that? We got a lot of content in the hopper coming if the Brewers <laughs> keep winning. So we are uh, just going to chalk this one up and say, hey, you can't win them all. Craig Kishon here on WTMJ. Thank you, my friend. All right, we'll see you. All right. The difference-making moment is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to NXWealth.com. 855-616-1620. Got a couple texts in there. Going to read those coming up next right here on Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio. Abbreviated Brewers Extra Innings tonight. Brewers fall 2-0. But right back after it tomorrow. Not official announced yet, but we expect it to be uh, Adrian Hauser being activated off the IL tomorrow. Uh, And the Marlins say it'll be Yuri Perez. He will start the game no opener for him tomorrow, at least as of now. So Adrian Hauser coming back off the IL tomorrow. That game will start at 110, coverage beginning at 12.35 right here on WTMJ. A couple of texts here. You know, why start McGill if he's only going to pitch the first inning? It, it's an opener scenario. So the opener has been taking baseball by storm the last few years. The thought is if you have a starter that you know is not going to see the top of the order for a third time through, which is what the Brewers have been doing with Colin Ray. The third time through, the numbers jump off the page as far as the batter's advantage all of a sudden 
against the starting pitcher, right? That's the danger zone uh, as far as trying to figure out when is it the right time to keep a guy going. Now, you can have freaks like Peralta and Burns and Woodruff that are able to have a deep enough repertoire to not worry about facing a lineup a third time through. But let me just give you the numbers here real quick. The first time through against starters on average, league the league is hitting 247 with a 731 OPS. Okay, the second time through, a 253 batting average and a 748 OPS. So that's an uh, a seven point increase in batting average and a 17 point increase in OPS. And now the third time through, the difference from the first and the third, it goes to 267, so 20 points higher, and then 54 points higher in the OPS to 785. So Colin Ray is somebody the Brewers know they're not going to have face a third time through. Look at Friday against the Yankees, right? They were not going to have Aaron Judge get a third look at Colin Ray. They went to the bullpen. They ended up winning that game. So the thought is you start McGill for one inning because you get through the top of the order, the most dangerous hitters per se, and then you can get through hopefully the sixth inning, which didn't work out because it suddenly had a double and things got tight there. You can hopefully get through six innings with your starter, with him only going five, the bulk man, as it's called. It it only works with certain guys, and I thought Colin Ray pitched very, very well today. So it made sense to me. They're trying something new, see if they want to do that uh, in a case of emergency down the stretch here. As for why Chafin, another text about that, saying, look, I just explained it. Somebody has to pitch when you're trailing. And the playoff roster goes down to 26 again and you'll have probably Adrian Hauser available in the bullpen during the wild card series maybe you call up somebody else but I don't see Andrew Chafin having a role in this team in leverage down the stretch the games just mean too much but why don't you DFA him because what why would you DFA him with two weeks ago it's like leaving in the eighth inning of a of a three to two game right like what what does that do Beat the traffic by five minutes. I you're still going to need somebody to pitch when you're losing. So I, I'm not overreacting about Chafin. And as far as uh, this text from the two six two, a lot of speed in the lineup. Why don't they run more to get out of double play situations? It's not as simple as automatic. Oh, let's run and go. Let's look at it. In the second inning, Josh Donaldson, he's not a stolen base threat. Fourth inning, Willie Adams is aboard. He's not a stolen base threat. Uh, and then in the eighth inning, it was William Contreras and Carlos Santana. So all the guys that were on base during the double plays had no speed. Um, you're just not going to do it. And it's in a 2 nothing game, you cannot get thrown out in those situations. And it, it happens. It, sometimes you just run into the right spot in the lineup to bounce into a double play. Just answering a couple text there. It's all brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trusting your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider. And get a $1,000 instant rebate on a Dakin AC or furnace unit through the end of October. Financing is available. Visit Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R dot com today to find out more. Take a breather. Come back. We will hear from the manager, Craig Council, coming up next on WTMJ. All right, not much happening tonight. Not much happening with the manager either. Brewers fall 2-0. I mean, if you watch the game, if you listen to the game, you understand why this show was so short. Nothing happened. Like, almost nothing happened. So, I mean, the most one of the, the more entertaining moments of the night was the sausage race when Hot Dog and uh, the Italian tangled up and fell right behind home plate. So that was a moment. It's on Bally. Uh, it's on the uh, social media feeds out there. So that was a moment in this game. 
Let's hear from the manager, though. Short and sweet from Craig Castle tonight. I mean, we pitched really well tonight, for sure. Um, Trevor did a nice job. Um, Colin did a very nice job. Um, so, yeah, that, that certainly worked out good. And just overall, we pitched well tonight, two runs. It's Bryce Wilson, heck of a job again. So, pitched well. Offensively, there wasn't a lot there tonight, but leadoff runner on six of nine innings just couldn't really move them off. Yeah, I mean, that that's... That's a great job from the leadoff hitter for sure. Getting on six out of the nine, we just there was, you know, there was maybe a couple innings first and second, and then the the next hit was obviously not there all night. Yeah, I mean he was good. I mean the 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 fastball like kind of into our righties that had a, it felt like it had a little bit of kind of comeback to it. So we got a bunch of you know a couple called third strikes jumping out of the like. And you know, when the ball feels in on you, that's kind of what what uh, you can see the hitter's reaction to a little bit. So uh, he's a strike thrower. Um, he pitched. He pitched very well. What did you like about Collins' performance tonight? Well, I mean, it's three in a row, really, where he's just he's done his job. Um, you know, he's four and two thirds, four and two thirds. I think um, you know that's that's getting fourteen outs and put, giving us a chance to win, and he's done that all three times. I don't know if that run impacted choices later, but the, uh, when the Marlins scored their run, it looked like Santana was like, you know, a toe away from being able to hang on to that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, just, you know, just, just the way it is. It's uh, He's trying to make a play and just falls into the dugout, and that's the rule. And, you know, it. Um, you know, they give the guy, they, they took advantage of it with a, with a, with a solid base hit. Yeah, that was one of those weird plays that just you can't really describe in this game because Santana made a great play, but then he falls into the dugout and he's braced by Quentin Berry. So the runner gets to advance. You can't interact with something out of play. Uh, the dugout obviously is out of play. Like if he had made that catch literally on the top step, like in the dugout, it doesn't count. So just weird day. Score more runs the other team, and the Marlins won the game. It's just no other way to describe it. Uh, obviously, there weren't any highlights from this one. That would normally be the next segment, but we're going to talk a little bit about what's ahead, a little more schedule talk, and uh, what the Brewers have in store for them this weekend when the Nats come to town. Stay with us, Brewers Extra Innings. All right, the next few days, the Brewers are going to have to figure out what they're doing at the rotation. These things are all on the mind of... Craig Council, Matt Arnold, trying to figure out what do they want to do for those final three games because how you set up the rotation now matters for those final three games as we've been repeating over and over again. The Brewers, as they go right now, if they're going every fifth game like they currently are, right, tomorrow it'll be Adrian Hauser, then it'll be Wade Miley on Friday, which would line up Corbin Burns on Saturday and Brandon Woodruff on Sunday. Unless there's a dance and something happens... Corbin Burns is lined up to pitch the finale of the year, if needed, on October 1st, Game 162. And both Woodruff and Peralta would not pitch against the Cubs, but they would pitch against the Cardinals, which would mean they have the opportunity to maybe win it in those games. So that's something to keep in mind here down the stretch. As the Brewers get ready to take on the Nationals this weekend, the Nationals look like they're going to send only one lefty in the rotation uh, as of now. It looks like it'll be Jake Irvin on Friday, Trevor Williams on Saturday, a righty, and then finally Patrick Corbin 
a lefty on Sunday. And, of course, Corbin has not been your normal lefty. He has really struggled with the long ball the last couple of seasons. He's allowed the most homers, I think, in baseball in the last three years. He's already allowed 30 this year, 27 last year, 37 in 2021. So not your stereotypical lefty. So that's what's coming ahead for the Nats. Meanwhile, the Cubs are going to be in Arizona. Now they're off tomorrow, so the Brewers can gain a half game tomorrow with a win. And the Cubs get to miss Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly because Zach pitched tonight, Merrill will pitch tomorrow. Those two guys are going to line up against the Giants next week, which is arguably a much more important series for the Diamondbacks. They need to win both of those games to claim the tiebreaker on San Francisco. But keep in mind that with three games to go, head-to-head Cubs and Diamondbacks, if the Diamondbacks just win one of those games, they claim the tiebreaker. They don't need to win the series to take the tiebreaker on the Cubs, which could really matter down the stretch here if those two teams end up tied for the second and third wild card, and whoever holds the tiebreaker would be the team going to Philly, and who doesn't hold the tiebreaker would face the Brewers if the season started tomorrow. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. If if the Diamondbacks win it and the Cubs become the three seed, buckle up because that's going to be chaotic. All right, take our last break here and uh, look ahead at tomorrow. And again, we got Brewers Weekly tomorrow night. So that's coming up next right here on WTMJ. All right, last uh, couple minutes of the show here. Reminder, we are on at 8 o'clock Thursday night, live Brewers Weekly. So we don't have a post-game show tomorrow. We don't have Brewers Extra Innings, but we'll have plenty to react to uh, on Thursday night, 8 to 9, live on WTMJ and in your podcast feeds on Brewers All Access, wherever you get your podcasts. Then we'll also have a show every game this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then the Brewers hit the road for four games in St. Louis, and then three games uh, against these Marlins again. And we will have post-game shows uh, every game except for Thursday next week, but the same thing with the day game in St. Louis. Don't worry, we've got Brewers Weekly that night as well. In fact, we're going to have a show every Thursday. So Brewers Weekly tomorrow night, Brewers Weekly next Thursday night. And then even though the 28th is a day game, before the Packer game is over, we will have a Brewer extra innings to uh, bring on for you on the 28th because that is the final weekend of the season. As you start clearing your calendar, start to figure out what's going on, where the Brewers are going to play, the Wild Card Series begins Tuesday, October 3rd, no matter what for the Brewers, okay? There's no Game 163. There's no delays or anything like that. Season ends October 1st. They'll know where they're going. Everybody plays at the same time on October 1st. Then if they're not hosting, they'll get on a plane and go straight to that city. Then they have media day on the 2nd, and then Game 1 is on Tuesday the 3rd. And a reminder, if the Brewers are hosting a wild card series, all three games, if necessary, are at home. There is no back and forth. There is no travel day, which is why it is so important to win the division or be the top wild card because you get all three of those games at your home ballpark. If the Brewers win the division, they get three home games. If they're the top wild card team, they get three home games. And they have a good chance of being a top wild card team because they won the tiebreaker on Philly. So keep that in mind down the stretch. It's going to be fun. 17 games to go and the finale with the Marlins tomorrow at 110. My thanks to Matt Sossler, our producer. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.